Welcome back. This is the Liberty on Fire podcast. I'm your host, Libertarian Tony, and I'm going to be joined by Conservative Joey. So happy that you're here joining us. If this is your first time, then thank you for being here. If, on the other hand, you are a dedicated and regular listener, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate that you come and listen to each and every show. Hey, Joey, it's been a while since we've chatted. Yes, long time, no talk. Well, I had to, unfortunately, go away with the kids, or I should say fortunately. It's nice to have a little bit of a a break from work. Got to go visit the uh, parents-in-law and bring the kids along. The kids had a great time playing in the pool pretty much every day. And so now I am back and ready to start up again. And uh, I guess a, a bunch of things have been happening. You got this. You'll have to tell me about them because I haven't been paying too much attention. Yeah, you're really bad at that, I've noticed. So we gotta, <laughs> we have to work on that. We both have to. Um, so Donald Trump, who is never in the news, ever, um, this uh, Attorney General Barr has come out and said that there was definitely some spying going on regarding, you know, either Trump, the Trump team, uh, you know, his, the, his campaign. And now he feels like it's an obligation of his to look into it, to see, was this a legitimate investigation, this whole FBI collusion thing? I mean, obviously we know that it wasn't legitimate, but no. it, it may lead to something where they find out that things were falsified and judges were lied to and things like that. Anything you want to add to that? Well, I haven't looked. I haven't heard anything about that. All I've heard is there's something to do with Barr in the news, and you mentioned to me should we talk about Barr. So my initial thought was, oh great, what now? What now are they trying to you know push on that was something fishy about the Russia investigation? I had no idea that it was in Trump's favor. That it's actually this guy is finding something where he he wants to investigate to show that there was you know possible. Um, fishy circumstances leading to the investigation. But yeah, this is obviously, I mean, we, we knew this already. I don't know. I just want to, I don't even care. I just want it to be over. I hear you. I, I, you know, I kind of would like the bad people to go to jail, but then I have to think realistically about it. And the bad people never really ever go to jail. They're just, no, it's never going to happen. They're just protected by the system and somebody always has dirt on somebody else that they can threaten to release if something happens to them and yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone on the left side of the spe- political spectrum and Democrats are protected. Just, I don't see it happening. I'm going, look at our friend Jussie. I mean, come on. Told you that nothing was going to happen to that guy. I was kind of shocked at that, actually. I, I really thought he was going to get charged or at least pay a, you know, pay a heavy fine. Um, hoping for jail time for something like that was probably a little too much to ask, but certainly more than you know the ten thousand dollars that he he paid, uh, I guess for the bond or something for his bail. So, I mean, it was just obviously that's a huge travesty of justice, and and maybe they'll look into that too. But again, you know, nobody's really going to do anything whether. Michelle Obama's staffer had anything to really do or influence, you know, that attorney general. I mean, no, but nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to get in trouble. It's, I think it's crazy to think so that our corrupt government is going to weed out its own corruption. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't think anything's going to happen 
coming as a result of Barr looking into this either. I think there's just liberal privilege, really. I think the privilege kind of exists on both sides. Uh, it probably depends a little bit on maybe who's more in power if they control the entire, you know, executive and uh, legislative branches. But um, yeah, it's just expecting too much. Uh, I think is a pipe dream. So maybe a few things will come out just to make some people look bad, but nobody actually ever get punished is probably what's going to happen. And supposedly this guy is actually, so today's Wednesday, at least I think it's Wednesday, uh, the 17th and tomorrow's Thursday. They're going to be, uh, this guy Barr is actually going to be talking about the Mueller report tomorrow. Okay, cool. So what is, what do you know what the media is saying about that? What is the left saying about it? Are they scared or are they like, oh, here we go. We're going to find something good. Well, they are hoping, you know, because they've been banking their 2020 election on collusion for the past two and a half, three years, let's say, um, because they started investigating Trump, uh, obviously, before he became president. So, I mean, this whole collusion thing, can, you could probably say goes back even three years. But, yeah, they, they've put all their eggs in this basket. Now, they're hoping that there's something in the Mueller report that even if it obviously shows no collusion, that maybe there's something in there that they can show that, yeah, Trump is a really bad person and you can't vote for him. You have to vote for whoever we decide should be president. Yeah, well, who? why even bother hoping for that? Because who's going to change their minds? As I say always, like that Trump's bad character and sort of immoral stuff in his past is already baked into the cake. So I don't think you're going to sway any people who already voted for Trump to not vote for him. It'd have to be something illegal. You know, maybe like he did collude with Russia. That that would be the only thing. I mean, who, who are you going to try and uh, sway your own people? So I don't know. They're not going to. Yeah, I guess the, the diehard Democrats and Republicans are, are pretty much always going to vote party lines. And I guess what maybe the Trump team can hope for is that they can pull enough independence to help his side. And also because the investigation, you know, didn't reveal enough dirt that it, you know, causes maybe some Democrats to stay at home and not vote. Um, Maybe that's what that side's hoping for. And obviously the, uh, the opposite side is going to hope that, well, shit, we got to try to salvage something out of this Mueller report. Maybe there's something in there that says he had sex with like 10 hookers in, you know, two nights or something like that, something crazy. I think they're probably holding out for, but again, I don't think the report is probably going to be released in its entirety. Um, the government really has kind of a lot of trouble giving up its, I guess, secrets. Number one, giving up any information that people find useful and, yeah, I guess we don't really know what's going to happen, so we're speculating. It's fun to speculate. But I, obviously, I guess this whole, uh, I guess, talk about you know government secrets kind of easily segues into the whole Julian Assange situation. Um, so I, I assume you know about Julian Assange. She was the, you know, uh, one of the main people uh, working with WikiLeaks and... Uh, yeah, it's just in general, kind of. Tell me how you feel about Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Well, I don't really know too much about Julian Assange and, and what exactly he does. I mean, really, all I know is that he he kind of runs WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, I guess, and he received the emails from, um, I guess, Russia, 
and uh, the leaked emails from Hillary Clinton and the, or the DNC that's leaked emails and and um, he used WikiLeaks to leak that to the public. Uh, that's really all I know about him. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure where he got the information from. It could have it could have been uh, Russian government people. It could have been just any random number of hackers. I mean, there's hackers all over the world. Well, if it wasn't Russia, then that would be kind of weird, wouldn't it, right? Because that's the whole thing behind the uh, Russia collusion and, and, you know, Trump. And it's all about these emails. I think it came out a long time ago uh, that, uh, I don't know if it was CNN or some other news source that said it, that there are ways to kind of make it look like information came from a foreign country. You can, uh, I don't know if how, how they bury the information or add, you know, some sort of info in there that uses IP addresses or something to say, you know, this information originated out of such and such country. Um, I, maybe there is. I, I'm not really a techie person, so I don't really understand all the details behind that. Do you, do you know anything about that? I do remember during that time where they said that there was traces showing that it was Russia who, who hacked and, and delivered it to Wiki. But the topic of discussion at that time was, like you said, where it's it's not hard and out of the question for someone to leave false kind of trails. So I'm kind of confused again on where we went from that to there was definitely it was definitely Russia. Yeah, I mean, it, for all we know, it might not have even been Russia who, who did it in the first place. But I guess we can just give um, whoever the benefit of the doubt and say it was. But that's what um, Assange, he, he got those emails and he leaked them to us, correct? Yes. I mean, so technically Assange is just a publisher. He's not himself a hacker. I don't know that he possesses any sort of those skills to be able to, you know, hack anybody. But I mean, to me, it sounds like all Assange is doing is just kind of acting as a journalist and publishing information that he's getting. Um, now, it's kind of funny that, uh, I don't know if you know who Michael Malice is, he came out and said, no, 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 Julian Assange, and I'm paraphrasing him here, Julian Assange is definitely not a journalist. He only revealed, you know, the uh, evil and illegal things that your government was doing or something like that which is kind of funny, right? Because our, our journalists, that's kind of what they're supposed to be doing, at least uh, pretending maybe they're doing that, but they don't uh, do any of that whatsoever. It's They're always kind of lockstep for the most part in what the government wants to do, obviously, because um, I think they have their own inside, you know, government CIA sources that, uh, or other, you know, government sources that give them the information so they can get like this great scoop and a whole bunch of eyeballs on their screens and, um, you know, that's good for their uh, their revenue. But, yeah, I mean, Julian Assange, as far as I know, WikiLeaks has no ability to hack anybody, and they're just taking the info that people sent to them and sending it out to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Which in itself, that doesn't sound like a crime to me. I mean, we have the whole, you know, First Amendment thing where they have, at least in the U.S. we do, where, and I can read it, you know, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And now we get to the speech part or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. And I won't read the rest of it. So, yeah, I mean, Congress can't, you know, or government in general, they shouldn't be doing anything with regarding, you know, your freedom of speech or anybody's freedom of speech or the freedom of the press. 
Yeah. Oh, well, what, is this the reason why he got arrested? Well, they're trying to accuse him, at least our government is trying to accuse him of hacking. So I wonder how they're going to come up with the proof for that. Um, I don't think that if he ends up going to any sort of trial, he's going to reveal anything. I don't think uh, he's going to give up his sources, and his sources could be completely anonymous. He might not even know who they are. And yeah. if he does end up getting fully ex, you know, extradited to the U.S. for a trial, I mean, are, does anybody really think he's going to get a fair trial? It's probably going to be some sort of show trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this seems lighter than the Edward Snowden thing, where Edward was releasing go to the public about how the government can spy on us. That even seemed, and I didn't mind that he did that. I thought that was fine. I don't know the legal. I guess that was considered highly illegal, but I thought it was pretty nice of him <laughs> to to tell us what's really going on behind the scenes. And uh, this seems even, you know, more petty of a of a crime. So let me get your your overall impression or take on these three people. So you have Edward Snowden, mm-hmm. uh, Julian Assange, and let's call her Chelsea Manning instead of Bradley Manning, because I think she you know she wants to she wants to be called Chelsea. So those three people, would you call them heroes or criminals? Um, for Edward and Assange, I wouldn't say heroes, but you know, even politically, you know, I don't care about my political affiliations. I, I feel like I'm putting them completely aside when I think of Snowden and Assange. And yeah, I don't mind it at all. I thought it was, you know, it's it's like a public service. They're they're trying to tell us stuff that we they think we ought to know. I forget exactly what Chelsea Manning or Bradley Manning, what what she or he did again. Um, Maybe you can refresh me. So I, I may have it wrong. Uh, I think Chelsea released information um, about some of the bad things we were doing either in Iraq or Afghanistan. And uh, I think hiding potentially you know, some of the numbers of civilian casualties that were going on. Um, think things like that. So, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So, and and there was nothing really wrong in that. The the story of her turned kind of the the main topic became how she became pardoned or how whatever you want to say by Obama because she was transgender or something like that, right? That that became the weird story about like the topic about her or him, correct? Yeah, but now she's back in jail. So, because now they want to use her. I guess, testimony against Julian Assange, and she's come out and said, no, I'm not going to do that. And so, of course, now the government is trying to, you know, put their boot on her neck again. So it, it's just, it, to me, anybody, any, any whistleblower for the most part, in, in my opinion, is a hero. Yeah, well, I guess it would depend on what they're whistleblowing on, maybe. But in these cases, these are all things that we ought to know. You know, we ought to know what the government NSA was, uh, you know, capable of and what they're currently doing. We ought to know the corruption going on behind political parties like the DNC and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's hard to say that those were um, things we'd be upset with. We, we they're more heroic, if anything, but. I guess it would depend on what the whistleblowing is. When would you consider it criminal? I can't think of. I can't really think of one off the top of my head now. Yeah, I was trying to think earlier uh, about this. Like, when would I consider a criminal? And I, for me, it's like almost never, because I look at it as 
we're paying their salaries. We are directly funding the U.S. government through, you know, theft of our, of our wages or whatever, our income, basically. Um, one way or another, the government has no money of its own. It has to take everything from its populace. And so because of that, because we pay for everything they do, we should know everything they do. I think there are very, you know, tiny or slim situations in the midst of like a war or an invasion that we're going to invade another country or something like that, things like that, where the timing of a battle or an attack would be, you know, you know, deleterious to our troops or something if that got out. But I mean, the possibility of something like that happening is so rare. Um, and you know, the way our country is supposed to get going to war anyway is your, your Congress is supposed to come out and be like, Hey, we declare war on such and such rather than just a president sending a, a few, you know, hundred or thousand clandestine troops someplace to do something. Um, so everybody should know ahead of time that this is what we're going to do. You should be able, Congress is supposed to discuss it and debate it. Uh, and the, the people, you know, should, you know, talk about it and call their congressman and be like, hey, I'm against it or I am for it. So anyway, yeah, I, I really think there's very little that happens behind closed doors, behind, uh, I guess, the um, this secrecy veil that somehow our government has established for themselves that really shouldn't be revealed. I think it all should be out in the open. Yeah, I would think that. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it became so secret and, like you said, a secrecy veil and the way it did. And it probably should. It's probably a bad thing that that it's at that point. So, you know, I kind of feel the same way about those kind of whistleblowers. I never really thought of them as being, you know, some sort of treasonish, treason thing and don't really have a problem. So I feel bad that someone like Assange would be going to jail and Snowden had to flee. Well, I guess we'll see what happens with Assange. I don't think he's been uh, extradited from the UK yet, because I think our government officially has to tell them what we're charging him with and then, you know, make the case for an extradition. I mean, they'll probably do it anyway, but I believe there are situations where if we said, oh yeah, Assange is going to face treason and the death penalty, then the UK may have a moral obligation not to release him. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I look at Julian as a, as a hero. Any, anybody who has the balls to go up against the most powerful government in the world and release information that they don't want released, things that they were doing illegally, to me, it, we, we just, we need more of those types of people. We need more and more whistleblowers, but I'm afraid with this whole, uh, Assange situation is that the government is going to try to punish him so severely that it's going to send, you know, the next whistleblower a negative message to be like, hey, if you come out and talk about the bad things we're doing, we're going to, you know, throw the book at you. And, and even if you're innocent uh, and you were in the right for revealing the information, we're still going to put you in jail or kill you. Yeah, well, it seems to me that they are trying to find a reason first. Though, like you said, that it's not exactly the whistleblowing that they're trying to get Assange on. It's the they're trying to get him on hacking potentially. So uh, they'd still have to find something like that before they can attempt to throw the book at them, I guess. I haven't looked too much into it. Yeah, I mean, you could have the, uh, I guess he, he was hiding in the UK in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy. Uh, it, it was like a, 
I don't know if they call it, a, he was an asylum seeker, I think, there. And he was protected for a while by them. And then the U.S., of course, um, either gave their government money directly or, you know, through a loan to their country, which apparently they needed in, in the billions of dollars range, uh, arranged some sort of loan from, you know, like the IMF or whatever, you know, whatever institution is going to, you know, help fund their government and tip the scales to saying, oh, yeah, you're no longer allowed asylum in our embassy. Mm -hmm. It's just a bribe. Yeah. So is this something we have to keep our eye on and it's ongoing right now? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's still going on. I mean, I have a secret hope that Trump goes through all the hoops of getting him back here and either you know i'm not sure when he would have to he could do it i I would want him to pardon assange because don't forget during his campaign when this wikileaks thing was going on when she when they released you know all of these uh collusion emails between hillary and the dnc and between um the hillary and the dnc and CNN that they were Hillary was given like some of the debate questions ahead of time um, so anyway uh, like any normal dad with dad brain I forgot where I was going at that but now I remember um, yeah I'm hoping somewhere somehow Trump can pardon this guy that he kind of brings him back and you know maybe the government does their best effort to convict him of something they get him and then Trump says no nah, no nah, you're pardoned and then they use um, they use that as, you know, some sort of, I guess, message to other whistleblowers and people that may be sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what happens with Assange. And they may have information that they think they should release, but, you know, they're so scared right now. Why are they going to come out and, and do that if, if we're going to just, you know, totally demolish this guy? So, Joe, you probably remember, I think, during Trump's campaign, right, leading up to uh, his election, he came out and said that he loved WikiLeaks, and he, and he said that numerous times. So, so that's where I think, I at least I have a hope that maybe, you know, Trump will come out and and pardon him eventually. And I know recently he said I don't really know anything about WikiLeaks, but I think he's just doing that to try to, or at least I hope he's doing that just to distance himself for now, but maybe provide a pardon later. What do you think? Well, I don't really. Well, you're, I think you're looking a little too much into the I love WikiLeaks type of thing. Trump loved everybody who is friendly to him or kisses up to him or is doing something that is beneficial to him. And uh, as soon as they don't, you know, he hates them, or if they do, he loves them. I mean, so it's just that's just Trump. You know, he anybody kissed up to Trump, he loves them. Yeah, he he does tend to turn on people pretty quickly if you're if you're not in his camp. Um. I, there's also a chance that, I mean, I've heard this uh, from other people, that Assange may have some sort of dead man switch where if they harm him or he ends up going to jail or something like that, that he releases or WikiLeaks can release a whole bunch of information that is horribly damaging to the government. So he may have that sort of get out of jail free card, but who knows? I mean, that would be in his best interest to kind of have something like that in his back pocket, but... That would be cool, but I think that's very Hollywood. I, I don't really think he has. I don't know. He could, but I, I don't think he's got much else. I remember towards the end of the WikiLeaks dumping, you know, there was talk about, oh, he's got some big bombshell 
one coming out later, and it never really came at the end like a huge bombshell one. So I think that's kind of dramatic. I'm not sure he has something like that. Be interesting, and he certainly could. Maybe he's gotten more since then. You know, who knows? Yeah, one can only hope that they have this sort of, uh, I guess, piece of information, or or who knows how much information that they can kind of threaten to release if if Assange gets severely uh, prosecuted. I don't know. Anyway, um, I guess there was one more thing we could talk about, and uh, Bernie Sanders, of course, said something stupid as usual about taxes. Do you want to talk about that? Well, first, there was something you said earlier on in the in the podcast where you said the uh, Republicans are just going to the hardcore Republicans are going to vote party line, and the hardcore Democrats are going to vote party line. And I was thinking that. I don't know if that's you know as simple as it's always been. There seems to be fracture, like a, a fracturous Democrat sort of um, thing going on right now between the mainstream or establishment, maybe is what you'd call them, Democrats, and the Bernie Sanders wing, which is the maybe right now the biggest wing of the Democrat Party. Have you noticed? I heard there's some like big backdoor meetings um, with with the big liberal donors. Uh, the big money makers on the Democrat side on how they can stop Bernie Sanders from from taking you know the nomination um, because they're afraid that a socialist up against Trump is just not going to win and we're going to get they're going to get four more years of Trump. But their problem is Bernie's the most popular guy right now. So I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, split opinion in that party right now. Yeah, I mean. Who knows? I suppose what's really going on in the background. Maybe, maybe they don't want Bernie because they think he's going to lose to Trump, or maybe they don't want Bernie because they don't want Bernie to institute some sort of seventy, eighty, or ninety percent tax that it's going to tax them to death as well. So, but you know, Bernie does have a huge following. Um, yeah. It would be nice if the whole Democratic primary would be like a bloodbath and. It would reveal a lot of nasty stuff that all these people actually have done in the past or believe. I don't know if it'll come to that. At some point, maybe a few of the candidates will get together and decide to support one person to maybe avoid the embarrassment of things like that coming out. But you never know. I mean, these people are not in office to help anybody. They're just there because for themselves and they want, they crave power and money and influence and that kind of thing. So, yeah, well, I think the biggest thing that they're talking about it right now is because I, I, well, we different, we differ, I think on this, that I think that if Bernie went up against Trump, then it's, then they're losing, they're not going to win. And I think, didn't you say you think Bernie would beat Trump? I thought, yeah, in the first election that, Bernie would beat Trump. Now I don't. I don't know because the incumbent has a just a, a nice advantage in that he can call pretty much any radio station he wants, any TV show he wants, and even the stations that hate him, they'll still put him on and and listen to what he has to say. And going up against that sort of uh, power to communicate. Um, is uh, at least some sort of disadvantage to start. Um, yeah, so I don't know. And then, of course, there's there's Twitter. Nobody can use Twitter like the Trumpster. He's a ma- he's a master at it. And there's I just don't think any of the Democrats are going to be able to get as good at it as he does. You know, so quickly uh, on that platform. 
But yeah, I don't know. It, it's, you know, 2016 election, I think Bernie had a better chance than Hillary because Hillary was so, you know, unlikable and, you know, just so evil. Um, but 2020 Trump versus Bernie is, I think, a different story now because now we have a Trump advantage and you have the Green New Deal, which is a pro-Trump, I guess, win. You have no Russia collusion, which is another pro-Trump win. You know, maybe this, you know, bar investigation into, you know, some of the FBI stuff that they were doing or other government agencies kind of illegally spying on Trump. That could be another Trump win. So um, it's hard to say at this point. I think after more of these nominees get weeded out, it might be easier for us to tell. Yeah, I think that he was he, I don't think he had a chance in 2016 and I think he has less of a chance as Bernie I mean of winning right now for for all the reasons you said and in addition the, the people that were for for Hillary are still kind of pissed off a lot a lot of them are pissed off at Bernie for staying in the race that long and and not backing out and refusing to accept Hillary as the, the nominee for a while and you have the appearance of a strong economy uh, I know we would probably disagree on some of the things that that make it appear, appear strong on the surface but to the the main general public the economy has good numbers stock market wise um, jobs are decent so it appears as if the, the economy is humming along under Trump and I don't think a socialist is is going to be the guy taking over midway through so I don't think he has really any chance unless the like economy imploded or something Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny that we disagree on, uh, you know, Bernie's chances in 2016. Uh, but I mean, I guess it's moot now. I, I just know he has a big following and he still does, at least out, out here in crazy land, maybe in, in some of the more normal areas, he's, uh, his presence won't be as felt, you know? So if anybody in my area had like a Trump bumper sticker on their car. I mean, that thing would either get keyed or hit with a baseball bat or blown up. That's funny. That's how I knew Trump was winning Florida, even though no one expected at the time, because I drive around Florida and there's there was no Hillary stickers on any car, hardly a few Bernie. And there was like a Trump sticker almost every, you know, <laughs> everywhere you go. So it was pretty obvious that it was gonna, he was going to win Florida for me. Now, can't can't we use that? as at least some sort of anecdotal evidence to say that our country is so far polarized, so far apart, there's no fixing it. There's no way that all those Trump supporters in your state ever really going to completely get along with all the opposite Trump or Hillary or Bernie supporters in my state. They just don't have, you know, the same culture. And, you know, to me, the only real answer that doesn't lead to a civil war would be some sort of, you know, break apart of the country, some sort of secession where a couple of states might go together, you know, who, who knows, it might be the entire West Coast forms its own new country and then other states will get together and maybe go on on their own or form a country. It's just, it, it, the system at this point doesn't make sense. It doesn't represent the people. Every four years or every eight years, Half the people literally are, you know, hate the new administration, and half the people love the new administration. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what did they say? Don't they say something like um, politics is downstream of culture? 
is like a saying. I just I don't know what it is, but uh, there's just huge differences in in the way that um, people are thinking left versus right, and not on just political topics. It's just like culturally and socially and a bunch of weird stuff now, SJW stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I don't want to force someone else to live by my set of beliefs, and I don't want to live by you know, somebody else's set of beliefs. So that's why it's like, can't we just kind of peacefully agree to disagree and go our own ways? That To me, that seems like the the mature way to, to handle things as opposed to, you know, forcing, you know, the, the side who lost to live under, you know, your, I guess, your rules, your, uh, your values for, you know, the next couple of years. But anyway, I, we got off track on that a little bit because I know you had something funny you wanted to say about Bernie about taxes. Well, it's not really that funny. It's just kind of annoying, to be honest. It's his policy on taxes. He doesn't really have much policy talk, by the way. If you ever hear him, it's just sort of his, his annoying talking points, and he wants to basically tax the rich all the time. But no, what I thought was funny was he was on – he was doing a town hall meeting that Fox – they hosted and aired. So it was Fox hosted because Fox is being, uh, I guess – generous in, in hosting a, a socialist town hall. And it, the funny thing was to me was all the media afterwards because audience members were cheering like crazy for, for Bernie Sanders after everything he said. And the media was like, look at this. It's a Fox, you know, show. And the audience is going crazy cheering for Bernie Sanders. You know, what's happening is, you know, our, our Republicans or right wingers starting to get on board with Bernie. But it was a Bernie town hall. There was no Republicans showing up to go, you know, hey, what do, what do you think they're going to – Republicans or want to go after work, go see Bernie Sanders? If, this was all Bernie bro type people. So it doesn't matter who was hosting it. It was Bernie Sanders people. But some of the, the stupid things I thought that he said during it was when he was talking about, you know, his wealth tax and, and wanting to tax, you know, this, the super high bracket of our of income earners at like over 50 percent, you know, like in the 70 percent estate tax for the top um, – you know, bracket there at 77. I mean, some crazy stuff. And the the Fox host, is some some lady, I forget her name, said, well, Bernie, you, you made a million dollars last year and you paid 26% of taxes back to the government on your income. You know, that, you know, why did you take all these tax breaks and, and why don't you just uh, donate, you know, more than, than the 26%, go to 50 if you think it's so important. And of course, you know, that's, that's true. You know, if these people are are such in favor for high taxes to the government, why don't they pay them? But Bernie's response, it was like such like a fourth grader type response. He goes, well, I want to see uh, what about Trump? Why don't you get him and ask him about his tax taxes? And the audience is like, yeah, cheering, clapping like crazy. And it was just such a, a uh, what do you call it, like a, like, uh, a shift? Is that what you call it? It was just a shifting to Trump and saying his name loudly in anger and getting them to to clap and the audience went crazy and then she, he then he replied like well why don't you make more than me you could you could pay more too I mean that's not the point Bernie you're the one advocating that people should be paying like seventy percent of their income tax these top these rich people to uh, back to the government I mean you're essentially working for free at that I mean work yeah you're working for free at that point you're a slave of the government. I, I just can't stand any sort of policy that involves raising taxes on anybody, rich, and especially rich in my opinion, because they're the ones employing people and using their, their capital that they saved and their the money that they made to grow 
the business and employ people and give people jobs, but anybody. I can't, I just hate when when a policy talks about increasing taxes, mainly because we spend way outside our means as a government. You know, you're supposed to be taking in money from your taxes, and then that's your budget to spend. But the government spends nearly trillion over what they receive. So what's the point of even asking for any increase at all? I mean, they go out and they spend way more than they're supposed to since like for the last 20 years at least. So to me, it's obnoxious to to talk about raising the taxers. You know, it should be lowering the spending should be the first thing before you talk anything about tax rate, tax, tax increase. Yeah, I agree. It's a, a disgusting system. And I can get into that in a minute, but there's something funny I wanted to say was that uh, you see politicians do this all the time and the really good ones know how to do it really well. So you accuse them of something, right? So there's there's three steps. First, they admit to nothing and deny everything. Next thing they do is shift the blame. And the third thing is they make counter accusations. So that that's the kind of silky smooth way that these you know nasty politicians kind of get out of answering a tough question is they, they go through that series of you know deny it all shift the blame to someone else like trump and then make a counter accusation and then here's the here's the next part too is when you're on the and this is liberal privilege for sure when you're on the left like bernie you then get media the media pack the media backing you and all the articles written, all the you know CNN, MSNBC talking about it, they come and make it look good on your on your behalf, no matter what. Yeah, I also find it, and this is another kind of a segue into uh, Ray Dalio. Uh, he came, he's been on a lot of the you know I guess talking head shows recently, talking about raising taxes on the rich, of course, because that's the only thing, I guess these people know how to say uh, because they know this is what the a lot of the media wants to hear you know soak the rich type situations and it, it's just i find it so disingenuous that after this guy has made his billions uh in the current system that now it's okay for us to raise taxes right he's like i got mine but now let's raise taxes and and hurt everybody else you know in the future um but yeah, it's I, I don't like obviously our tax system at all. It, it's uh, I mean it, it, I firmly believe that taxation is is literally theft, that it, it's it's legalized theft that the government performs. Um, I don't think that the government should be allowed to do anything that you can't do. So it's like I can't come over to your house and take money out of your wallet against your your say, right? So I don't think. I should be able to vote for someone in government to go do that as well. It's just, you know, taxation is uh, 100% theft, in my opinion, uh, at least certainly in the forms that we have it. There are better ways to tax people if you have to have a tax. Our, our you know, current progressive tax system where, you know, the more income you have, the more you, in the higher percentage you pay in taxes is probably one of the worst systems to have. You know, I guess in your opinion, if we had to have some sort of tax system, what would you prefer? Um, just like a flat, small rate, you know, um, just a certain percentage and it's not progressive. I don't know, just something real small. Like what, like 10%? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe 15 even, 
you know, which is way higher than it ever was, you know, in the early history of the America. But um, there are a lot of services out there we, that we, we have. I mean, it depends on what you want the government to do. But um, I never, 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 never over 20. It's way, way too high. Probably 10 to 15. You can, you can get really detailed about this and like go back and look at our history. And, you know, we never had an income tax up until, you know, somewhere in the, in the Civil War. They had to, uh, under Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln had wanted an income tax for like 10 years or something to pay for the war. And then it went away again completely and then came back again in 1913. And then, you know, they only, every time they say, that we need this tax and we're only going to tax the rich, it always it starts out that way. And it only lasts a really short period of time. And then the tax system explodes to include everybody. So, yeah, if, you know, for the politicians out there talking about taxing the rich, if we haven't learned our lesson by now that we know this is going to be a lie and then the middle class are again going to pay the bulk of any sort of you know, tax the rich scheme, even though they aren't rich. Um, I think it's now we're the ones who are being really foolish if we let the government fool us again. Yeah, and that's one of the things I don't like about the Democrat Party. One of their big talking points that they try and sell to their, their constituents is the idea of taxing the wealthy. And the reason why is because they can point to all these statistical disparities and maybe some hardships, at, you know, in the lower class or even middle class, and they can say we can fix it for you. Basically, uh, the government can fix it. We just need to collect more revenue. And and what's the easiest way to do that? We just gotta tax these greedy rich people. And everyone is in favor of that because it doesn't affect them. They think, and it doesn't hurt them. It's just nine. It's just one percent of the entire population. Yeah, they are being greedy. So it's just kind of like a, a scammy sort of way to to victimize um, them and, and vilify the rich. And I just think it's it's a scammy, a scummy sort of sort of thing. I don't really like it. And it has repercussions. You know, taxing the the wealthy is not even a good idea in my opinion. Overtaxing them because they're the ones that are trying to expand their businesses and create new jobs for everybody. I would hate it if I work in a small business, about fifteen people. I would never want my boss to to be taxed more on whether it is payroll taxes, income taxes. I want her to be taxed as I'd rather her be taxed less than me. You know, I want her to feel super free and less burdensome with with the expenses because I want her to pay us more. I want her to hire more people so we can grow. I want her to feel this is my my boss is a female by the way. I want her to feel like uh, great. You know, like things are really flowing. I don't want her, uh, bosses of employ of businesses to be feel burdensome and all these taxes and regulations hit them. Hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. Did Did she ever call you into her office and close the door? Uh yeah, that's happened. Did, did you get? Were you worried or were you excited? <laughs> no, neither. Oh okay. Anyway, I was just checking. Um, yeah, no, I um, I guess I I don't know what to say about the best tax system. I think it's all theft. But if we're gonna have it, I would prefer the least amount of theft uh, theft possible. So you know, a flat income tax is better than what we have now, and I would want everybody to pay the same amount or percentage amount, uh, whether you made, you know, $10, uh, an hour or a thousand dollars an hour, I wouldn't care. It's like, you're still paying your low flat rate. I would prefer a low flat rate if we were going to have a tax system, because it, it's a disincentive 
for the poor person, the middle class person, and the upper class person for politicians to raise it, the percentage, right? It, it would hurt everybody equally. Mm-hmm. The rich person would pay the same percentage, but a lot more money would go in out of his coffers, right? Um, mm, yeah. I guess another way you could do it would be have just a no income tax uh, or like just a flat sales tax, which would probably be something similar uh, or it would accomplish something similar. And, you know, rich people who buy more stuff and more expensive t- uh, things would pay more money and the poor people who don't buy, you know, big boats and, you know, expensive cars would pay, pay a lot less. So it, it's it's the most fair system I think you could have. And by fair... I mean, treating everybody equally. What's your least favorite tax? Uh, what we have now. And if I had to, you know, just pick and choose some of the components, I mean, it's retarded to have a capital gains tax because that's money that has uh, potentially all been taxed already. And so it's a double taxation. And then I, I really just don't understand this whole idea of a death tax or a well, um, an estate tax because why should dying be a taxable event. You know, it's just, it makes no sense to me. You know, you, one day you're alive and the next day you're dead, but now you owe the government a whole bunch of money because you died. I mean, I don't get that. You know, you, you should be able to, you know, leave a legacy to your children. It gives people the incentive to work hard and build up, you know, a portfolio of assets or dollars or whatever it is you know, for their kids. It encourages people to work hard and, and provide value to other people to generate that wealth. But if you have an estate tax or, or a horrible estate tax, let's say, let's say it's like 90%, well, then it's just going to encourage you to spend everything before you die. And that's only good for the government. That's not good for you or your family. Yeah, a lot of these really super wealthy people who have all these businesses are planning for the future, even beyond, you know, their lifetime. They're planning for for to run successfully and even better for their their children. So they're making decisions, different investment decisions, different business decisions with that in mind. If you if you tax them what Bernie wants to do, seventy percent for like uh, the really successful ones, then it's just forget it. Their business is just going to be during their lifetime. They they'll make crazy decisions. It's just game over once they're dead. You know. So the the there's ramifications for that. You know. Who knows what how that would affect businesses today so i think many businesses would just go out of you know they would just go extinct once the whoever died it's a sad situation where like you inherit a business from your father or mother or something and then you can't afford to pay the taxes because of the estate tax so you kind of have to sell off the business or dissolve it just to just to pay the bill and put yourself or and tons of people potentially out of work yeah, it's complete. It's it's completely unfair. I think the only thing, the only reason it's there is again, and it's just a easy marketable selling point for someone like Bernie, who's a socialist and says he wants to fix all these problems. Uh, how's he going to do it? It's so expensive. Oh, no problem, because we're gonna I'm gonna increase the estate tax on on billionaires and take all of their money when they die. You know, and see, that's you don't have a problem with that, right? Don't you think? Uh, aren't you jealous of Paris Hilton? Do you think she deserves that money? No, and then you're like, no, she doesn't deserve it. So it's just a, a scam way of uh, voting for Bernie. Yeah, it's it's sad that most people don't think the next, you know, second and third order steps. They hear a talking point, and then instead of thinking about what are the implications of doing that, what happens, what what are the results, and, and that's one of the things that the politicians are, um, 
not taken to task for, in my opinion, is uh, they, they have sometimes, let's say, good intentions for the things that they want to do, but they're not judged on the results of their actions. And then that's where I think the people have failed. We have failed to judge them on the results because obviously a lot of the results are horrible with a lot of the programs and, and things that our government does, but you know the program doesn't go away. Things don't change. We're not, we're not doing a good job monitoring our government at all. So that's all we really have for you guys this week. And to sum up, we spoke about uh, Trump and the uh, Barr situation, and we'll see what that ha- what goes on with that tomorrow when Barr comes out and starts talking about uh, the Mueller report and anything else that gets added in to the discussion. Uh, we'll continue to monitor the Julian Assange situation, and I think this is a really important thing to watch Uh, Because if our government is going to get into the business of censoring the press and telling the press what they can and cannot say, I think that's going to be a pretty ugly situation for people in the United States to live under going forward. So that, that really is kind of more important than it looks like on the surface. And you know, once again, uh, taxes, uh, again, are theft, in my opinion. We will continue to monitor the crazy tax uh, schemes that the politicians want to employ and use to take more and more of your money. It seems like every day, either Bernie or Elizabeth Warren has a new idea of how they can generate more revenue for the government to to waste and take more dollars out of your pockets. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you all for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Please do me two favors. Number one is to share the show. Remember that we want to continue to advance the message of individual liberty, and sharing and growing the show is one of the best ways to do that. The second favor is to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. A five-star rating is much appreciated. Also, please check out our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. And until next time, let's keep those fires of liberty burning bright. (laughs) 